0: And we thank them for sponsoring today's podcast.
1: Get your something to wrestle gear at brucepritchard.com and check out boxagimmicks.com, of the official something to wrestle store where you can find gimmicks for yourself or the fan in your life. New items added weekly. Are you free yet? You heard me. Are you free? Have you experienced that true freedom that you've longed for? Because if not, I'm here to set you free. Free from what, you ask? Well, if you save with Conrad, we can free you from some mortgage payments. But I'm not here to pitch that, no. You get that message loud and clear daily for that matter. I'm here to discuss freeing your tired ears from all the ads throughout your favorite Conrad Thompson-hosted podcast over at AdFreeShows.com. Yes, free to listen to Jeff Jarrett, Eric Bischoff, Bruce Pritchard, JR, and the rest of the team without listening to one single ad. Oh, yeah, and while you're experiencing that freedom, we decided to give it to you as soon as they stop recording. That's right, both early and ad-free, over at adfreeshows.com. And not only that, we have several tier options that you can sign up for today and be part of some of the biggest summer blockbuster events and experiences. So join today and live your best life ad-free over at adfreeshows.com. Welcome. Do something to wrestle, wrestle with. Come on, to wrestle with. First, Bridget. Who's Bridget? Bridget? Well, you know,
2: that's not a real. She booed it. She booed it. Rip. No have yeah, me there's no box of gimmicks. <laughs> rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. And was he there? I was there. Say the I don't give a
1: shit. I ain't scared. I ain't scared of shit. <laughs> Thank <scared> <laughs> <laughs> you, Bruce. Ah look.
0: Oh, they're on your Google machine. God damn,
2: kid. God damn it. How the hell show you got there? I need more Ugh,
1: yeah. What say you, pronouns? And now something to wrestle with con Bruce Pretard! the second
2: most record now.
1: Show arms look good tonight. Yeah, they're so big. That's yeah. bullshit. Welcome
0: to wrestle, man. World title now. Welcome to something to wrestle with. Something, something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to Something to Wrestle with, Bruce Pritchard. Bruce, what's going on, man? How are you?
2: I'm a grumpy, sour puss motherfucker in the morning with no shirt on and uh, uh, Gatorades and Diet Pepsi's in front of me. That's what I am. How are you? What are you?
0: Uh, Well, I'm I'm fine and I'm glad to be here. We're going to be talking about International Incident from 1996. You know, I love 1996. It's one of my favorite years to talk about. And of course, we're going to be talking about it all today. Uh, I gave you two choices today, Bruce. I said, do you want to talk about Trish Stratus or do you want to talk about international incident? Because we have both on the schedule. I got notes for both. I'm ready to go. And you picked in your house. So Trish is still coming your way. Don't worry. We're gonna, uh, where we're, else should
2: I be Conrad?
0: I am in my house. Exactly. Not in your house. Why did you pick? I'm curious. Why did you pick international incident? 96 instead of Trish? Is it just based on your availability today? Or are you really and excited about this topic?
2: it's more it's it's more chosen on my grumpiness okay than than anything else because I really like trish
0: I see and
2: and I don't want to disservice Trish um, in your house in 1996, I'll disservice that
0: Well, that's hurtful that's rude. why it just is it hurts my feelings.
2: Inside where it counts,
0: inside where it counts. Listen, let's get into it. This is How's f-
2: mama doing
0: mama's great. Okay. How's your mama? Dead. Oh man. I was hoping she's going to make a big comeback.
2: No, no. Better and Kelsey's nuts.
0: What was the finish on her?
2: Flatter and plate full of piss.
0: <laughs> okay. I don't, I don't want to keep talking about your mom. International incident, 1996. The show is probably more notable for who doesn't appear the ultimate warrior. Now we've covered that in the archives, but you and I haven't really spoken since, uh, everyone was treated to ultimate warrior week earlier this summer. Uh, they had a dark side of the ring and they had an A and E. Did you see the A and E biography on ultimate warrior that you guys did? No, didn't watch it. I'm not surprised. It's not like you got a lot of free time.
2: Yeah. It's, uh, in between my Leave It to Beaver reruns, I don't have a whole lot of time.
0: I do want to mention this is such a fascinating time, 1996. 25 years ago, it feels like wrestling changed forever, really within just a couple of weeks. Stone Cold Steve Austin cuts his famous promo at King of the Ring. Austin 316 is born. The Warrior and the WWF relationship is going to come to an end. And oh by the way, on the other channel, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, and Hulk Hogan have formed the NWO and it's all happening within a few weeks. This is a crazy time in the company in the business, right
2: turmoil I guess tumultuous would be a really good descriptor for it because I think that WCW at the time was had you know that that magic bullet, if you will of a feeling of danger and a feeling of what's going to happen next there. And I don't think we had that same, I don't think we had that same curiosity at the time.
0: It's interesting to me to, to look back because we've spent a lot of time talking about 1990 and sort of the passing of the torch from Hulk Hogan to the ultimate warrior. And now here we are six years later. And while warrior seems to be fizzling out here in the WWF, as you like to say, Hulk Hogan's getting a fresh paint of coat on the other channel. And you and I haven't talked about that a ton. What was the internal office reaction? And by that, I guess I really mean. Vince Bruce and Pat to Hulk Hogan turning heel.
2: I think more than anything, it was. Personally, I wish we had done it. I wish that we had done it a, a while ago. Um, and it, you know, it was, it was more of their positioning of like, it was WWE versus WCW with those talent without, you know, finally they had to come out and say, Hey, you guys don't represent WWE, even right. though that the commentary tried to drive you that way all the time. And, so you're looking at it through business eyes and not necessarily um, a fan's eyes a lot of times. And to the, to the audience, you know, it was, it was Hulk Hogan. It was something that, that that they were familiar with. And I dare say that a lot of people, you know, were ready for him to to turn. They wanted to boo him. They had been booing him. So you had that, you had the, the, the perfect storm. And And no matter what, you know, anybody says, um, I think that the pivotal moment was Hulk turning heel for WCW. I think that's, that was what made the turn. That's what, when they, when they did that, they made the turn and didn't look back for 83 weeks.
0: I'm curious from your perspective, do you think, I mean, this is all hypothetical, of course, but if you guys had turned Hogan heel in 93, which I think is the time you're talking about, is that right? You were thinking 93, maybe be the time to turn. Yeah. So had you done it three years prior, the NWO clearly doesn't have nearly the effect that it does, but had the NWO not really turned the volume up, maybe you guys wouldn't have been at your best. I mean, iron sort of sharpens iron in hindsight, it's probably better that you didn't turn him heel It wound up actually helping your business, which I don't think a lot of people from the outside would maybe initially put together.
2: Sure, because as you said, iron sharpens iron, and the you're being challenged now, and that gets you on your toes. So yes, it was a, it was a completely different feeling, and as you say, thankful that we didn't right. turn Hulk when we wanted to, or at least I wanted to, um, back in '93. So that you know, it was. I think it was an exciting time to be a a fan of the product in general, both.
0: What's Vince saying about it? Hogan turning, you know,
2: not a whole lot uh, other than there was so much resistance from Hulk uh, way back when, you know, um, Hulk and Vince saw Hulk Hogan and the, the, the real American character as beyond reproach and that you know you, you couldn't fuck with that formula um and it was proven wrong
0: man old wrestling just makes you feel good but cbd isn't about what you feel it's about what you don't feel stress anxiety and pain and man this has been a game changer my wife and i you know megan we're using this stuff all the time of course we're talking about feels in fact before we click record today bruce no hit that little dropper right under his tongue. It has been a game changer. If you've got any sort of joint pain or nervousness or sleeplessness, this is a solution without the harmful side effects. And Feels is a better way to feel better. Feels is a premium CBD that will keep your head clear and feeling your best. It's hassle-free. It's delivered directly to your door. And by the way, CBD is going to help you naturally reduce stress, anxiety, pain, sleeplessness, with no hangover and no addiction. If you've had some tossing and turning nights, can I recommend Feels? You simply place a few drops of Feels under your tongue and you feel the difference within minutes. And listen, if you're new to CBD, the thing to remember about CBD is finding your right dose is important and everybody's dose is different. In fact, Feels offers a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience so that you find your perfect dose. The Fields customer service team is dedicated to making sure that you get the best use of your CBD. Joining the Fields monthly membership makes your self-care easy. You'll save money on every order, and you can pause or cancel at any time. So start feeling better with Feels. Become a member today by going to Fields.com Wrestle, and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's dot slash wrestle to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. That's dot slash wrestle. That's F-E-A-L-S.com slash wrestle. dot slash wrestle. I'm feeling better, and so is Bruce, and you will be too at dot slash wrestle. I'm just, uh I don't know, the whole the parallels that Warrior and Hogan's career sort of ran here is there a commentary on on hey when things started to get stale for Hogan he turned heel and when things started to get rough for Warrior he just went home i mean would warrior as a heel have worked in a different time or place or is he one of those characters that could only be that crazy baby face
2: no i think warrior would have been a hell of a heel was backstage, and I think that you could take that and put that on camera and easily, easy, easy, easy to hate.
0: It's so fascinating, you know, this what like six week time period in '96. Let's just run through it again. Kurt Angle wins the gold medal with a broken freaking neck, the Austin 316 promo happens, Hulk Hogan turns heel, the Warriors leaving that's all in a six week period we're shaping professional wrestling for the next decade or decades here in just six weeks. Yeah. I just thought it was a bad month and a half. It's weird though. I mean, (laughs) with the benefit of hindsight, you know, uh, when these things are happening, it's probably hard to put them all together because you're just trying to get to another day. But when you look back, it's pretty remarkable. All that happened in like what? Six weeks.
2: Yeah. I mean, shit was happening in general and I think that it was a, It was a moment in time where there was so much adjusting and so many different things taking place that you really had to put your head down. You really had to focus on on your own business. And that's why, man, I can't tell you, with the exception of Bash at the Beach, I can't tell you um, what WCW did during that time on television, on nitro, I have no clue other than, you know, guys showing up, uh, we were worried about our business and that's, that's what I was focused on. So to have the time to have the wherewithal, uh, I d- just didn't. And we were looking at what we were doing. We were hearing what they were doing from other people. And again, you know, it's like, oh my God, you know, uh, Does Finkel monitor that?
0: Fink did Fink watched everything. Yeah. And he would yeah, Fink he, watched everything and let us know what was going on. When, when you say he let, you know, he just pops by the office or does he type up a memo?
2: He would do both. He would let us know, you know, he would either just give us a synopsis of what was going on, or he'd usually just stop in and let us know.
0: You and uh, Vince never had their show, maybe on a VHS, just playing in the background in the office, just so you could keep up. I probably
2: did. i Vince. I know. Didn't uh, please. I don't know. He's ever turned his TV
0: on. <laughs> well, it makes sense. And right?
2: I guarantee he wouldn't have had WCW on in the background.
0: Well, let's watch this Steinfeld together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so let's jump into it. The raw taping after the King of the ring really sets the stage for international incident. Ahmed Johnson's going to make his first defense as intercontinental champion over triple H and Sonny is going to claim she's bringing in a superstar who is uh, ultimately going to be Ron Simmons and and, Baruch Assad. Yeah. Sorry about that. And the undertaker is going to defeat Steve Austin in the main event, which is a match we'll see many times in the coming years. And I, I think as the story goes, as the legend goes, I guess at this point, once Austin cuts the Austin three sixteen promo, within a few days, JR is gonna rip up his current contract and give him a new one on the spot and we're off to the races. Did you know immediately after the Austin three sixteen promo we got something? Or was it is it more when you see all the the, the fans with signs that say Austin three sixteen the next day?
2: I think everybody, you know, that were fans of Austin, I think everybody saw Austin as that guy. Um, not the guy but is a top, top guy. And especially when you were looking at nasty heels, um, Steve fit that bill. And and Steve came, man, came out of a shell with, uh, you know, the Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. Well, um, it was, it was done. I mean, a blind man could see it.
0: Let's, uh, let's keep going here at the raw show. You guys are going to tape into the future. Of course, this is the era where you do a live show and then tape the next week. And it includes a warrior versus Owen Hart match, which comes to an end when bulldog invader, uh, come to help leave the, the warrior laying. It is curious. When did you feel like this whole warrior thing is coming to a head? Did you know in advance? of the ultimate impasse or was it just right away? Like, buddy, this is like writing with my left hand. This ain't going to work.
2: You know, I got to tell you uh, from the, from WrestleMania on, I just didn't see how it was going to work. It it didn't have, you know, it didn't have that panache of, 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 oh boy, you know, it's warrior again. And, and, um, can't wait to see him. It's it's it was more of uh oh god the hell are we going to do with this again so there was trepidation there was it just was it wasn't a mesh it wasn't a good feeling it wasn't like you know you can have people that are that are difficult to deal with and you learn how to deal with them and you'll deal with it because of the results there were no results and it was just difficult to deal with
0: well the idea behind International Incident, again, this is the ninth in your house. It's going to be a Canadian show uh from Vancouver. And the thought was, well, let's have quote unquote Camp Cornet. So British Bulldog, Owen Hart, and Vader on one side. And so uh you've got uh the Canadian influence there with Owen Hart. And then across the ring, it'll be Ahmed Johnson, Shawn Michaels, and the Ultimate Warrior. How about that for an odd pairing? Yeah, a
2: little bit, but it was it was basically taking uh,
0: the top baby faces,
2: Say your top baby faces, throw them in a clump, and let's go. Um, you, you know the 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 other thing that was was really unique was doing a pay per view in Vancouver because Canada was was difficult at times to do business in. How so? For getting your trucks across the borders and, and back and forth and, uh, traveling going across the border. It's easier to get in Afghanistan than it is, uh, Canada at times. Who wants
0: wants to go to Afghanistan? Who wants to go to Canada? Okay. Well, you just alienated half the audience, but go ahead.
2: I did not because they know I love Canada. It's a beautiful, beautiful country. (laughs) Um, and I really do. Cause they, (laughs) for so many reasons, Vancouver in particular, where they had blunt brothers cafe, but that's a whole nother story that I think I've already told before.
0: And you said that, uh, they had some of the best shoe shows around, right?
2: In Vancouver.
0: Possibly. I've heard that rumor.
2: Well, there's, you know, there you go. So does Anchorage, Alaska. I didn't know that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They actually more, it's more like a pedicure show. So (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> show them tootsies off. Uh,
0: pedicure show.
2: Okay. Show them tootsies off. Show them tootsies off. Help. Show me. Show me. Show them tootsies off. I just it, it just comes out like that. See how I just right there, boom. So, my days working hard on the go. But the hands on the clock keep spinning too slow. I
0: can't wait to.
2: Anyway. It's magic. Your magic today. <laughs> this is what I do at 3 o'clock in the morning.
0: Uh, we are recording very, very early just to uh, accommodate your schedule and, and get our show out on time. But let's talk about Canada in '96. You know, it's been said a lot of times that whenever your wrestling business is down domestically, and this was even the case for Impact a few years ago, where they may be struggling here stateside, internationally, they're doing great business. Canada has always been a feather in the cap for WWF. How important was the Canadian business in 1996?
2: I think Canadian business was always important. And at this time, you know, yeah, they were, they were there. I remember every frigging, uh, boxing day to you Canadians. Um, the day after Christmas is boxing day in Canada to this day. I'm not really sure what boxing day is, but it's a holiday and it's celebrated on December 26th. And for many, many years, no matter where I was on December 25th in the world, doing what with who, I could usually count on being in Toronto, Canada on Boxing Day on December 26th. So I had a very fond, fond love for Canada and Vancouver was absolutely without a doubt one of the most beautiful uh, beautiful cities in, 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 all of Canada. I mean, I love Vancouver. It was fun. It just, there was a clean crispness in the air, um, in Vancouver, on the other side of the country, man. But it, it was, uh, I <laughs> think I'm bullshit, but Vancouver is fucking fabulous.
0: Talk to me a little bit about the ultimate warrior. I know that we've, we've covered this in long form. It's in the archives at something to wrestle.com, but I do want you to just briefly Remind everybody what the situation is here with warrior missing some shows and how maybe he and Vince didn't see eye to eye on all that. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, this was during a time where warrior, um, I believe this was a time where his father passed. That's right. So we had warrior booked all across the country in different live events. And he wasn't showing up, wasn't answering any phone calls. And when he finally did, he talked about, you know, his dad, whom he did not have a relationship with, or at least an estranged relationship at best that he, you know, his dad was dying and then his dad died. And, uh, you know, I've, I've got empathy for that. And there's, you, you want to, you want to believe him. But there were too many other things that didn't add up like, you know, demanding that we, we purchase a bunch of his comic books and every month an astronomical amount of money and an astronomical, uh, ask for the number of pieces that I don't think, you know, Superman, uh, or Spider-Man or any other comic book in the world was doing, selling the kind of numbers that warrior was demanding that we buy to sell. So it was, there were ulterior motives and I I think Jim may have overextended himself a little bit on the comic book side of things. Uh, it was cool comic book. It really was beautiful artwork.
0: You mean financially it was a dog and he was trying to push it off on y'all?
2: Well, it was his, it was his project. And I think, He saw that as soon as I get back on WWTV, I'm going to sell millions of these things. Yeah. And that just wasn't the case with periodicals. Yeah. So, you know, he looked at it like, well, well, he's getting screwed because he should be selling all these comic books because he's the ultimate warrior. Audience felt different.
0: By now, everyone has heard that real estate is hotter than ever. Homes are routinely selling for thousands of dollars above the listing price. But if you aren't looking to sell your home or buy another, you may have wondered, how does today's hot market affect me? Today, your house is very likely worth more than ever before. And that means you have more equity than ever before. And that represents a real opportunity to change your life. Now's the perfect time to consolidate all of your credit cards. You see, the interest you pay on a credit card is not only at a very high rate, it's also not tax deductible. Families just like yours have saved funds. Five, six, seven, 6 7 even $800 per month, and you can too at SaveWithConrad.com. Oh, and if you've been dreaming of remodeling your kitchen, master bathroom, maybe putting in a pool or even a home theater, this is your chance to turn your house into your dream home with no money out of pocket. So why not let my family get your family the best mortgage you've ever had at SaveWithConrad.com. First Family Mortgage, NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? At SaveWithConrad.com. So he no shows some shows, uh, because his dad passed away and he needed to attend the funeral. And I think, and I'm not saying this to be cute. You and Vince maybe took issue with that. Say, wait a minute. You told us you hated your dad and had no relationship with him. How dare you take off to go no. to your dad's funeral?
2: No, no one ever said that the rub, if there was a rub, there was not communicating Okay, and not communicating until long after where he wouldn't speak to anybody, wouldn't take anyone's phone call. And then afterwards that was his excuse. And it's like, come on, all the things personally that have gone on in your life and you have come to Vince about and different things and and this, and then it all kind of came back to financial and all came back to, well, you need to buy my uh, comic book. So bye-bye.
0: Do you know, does Vince have a tell? when, you know, just his demeanor, you've been around him enough where it's like, okay, he's out, he's done. He's finished. Cause I, I, I have to believe at times Vince can be a patient man, but eventually that's enough.
2: Yeah, but there's not a tell man. You never really know. It just, it's the same as, uh,
0: he never lets you see him sell. He's not going to sell.
2: No. Nah. Never. So, you've told good us, times and bad. He's not going to sell when it's good either.
0: Yeah, he never gets too high. He never gets too low. He's just even keel.
2: Kind of like me. I'm easy like Sunday morning. Well, I've been too high. I've been too low. It's just kind of like to keep it slow.
0: So you've told us before here on the show that your old school promoter mentality is: if for whatever reason you can't deliver a match that you've promoted, the replacement has to be bigger. Well, literally Sid is bigger. Sid is going to be the guy who gets the call, but he's also a guy who's been around the block with y'all before. And for whatever reason, it came to an end who else is discussed before you land on Sid, is there another idea that could have been a fun? What if
2: Wow. You know, when you, you go back and you look at the time and the timing of everything with WCW and Hogan and Nash and hall, what have you, I, I don't know that there was a whole lot out there to choose from. So, you know, Sid was available and Sid was somebody that, um, I think, you know, Sid is a lot like Luger in many respects and that Sid had a hell of a career on potential. A, a look that people would kill for, yeah. uh, a natural physique that well. he worked out like, and you know, nah, man, Sid was the kind of guy that got up at four o'clock in the morning and would have two workouts for most people were out of bed. And then he would work out in the afternoon and he, he was a health freak. Um, I mean, Sid, Sid worked his ass off it to have that fucking crazy ass look. And again, he was a guy that, you know, had intensity in his eyes. There was something special about Sid, you know, psycho Sid was so easy because that's what he looked like. He looked like a psycho easy to sell. And there was charisma oozing out of Sid. Just, um, just walking out through that curtain. Well, there any the hurt somebody.
0: Well, there any hurt feelings after his first run because he had been here before main event, a WrestleMania, the whole deal. And well, he didn't stick around. And I think a lot of people started to sort of poke fun at the softball stuff and missing shows and all that. Do you remember bringing him back here? There being okay. Now listen, it's gotta be different this time. Blah, blah, blah.
2: Yeah. It really wasn't dwell. There wasn't much dwelling on the past at all. Good. You know, when Sid came back, Sid came back as a replacement in a spot where we needed someone.
0: So when he comes back, are you, are you taking more of a wait and see approach? I mean, I know that sounds funny and I know what's not the plan at this point, but things are going to change. And the next WrestleMania he's in the main event against the undertaker. He's the world champion, right? But based on his reliability or perhaps lack thereof, it doesn't feel like that would have been the original plan. So are you just like, Hey man, we got our ass in the sling with this warrior thing, let's bring Sid in, just see what happens.
2: Well, again, with, you know, the, the lack of warrior, you look at it and you go, okay, let's go with what we do have. And Sid was playing nice at the time. And he was probably one of the biggest stars that we had.
0: Hypothetically, if Sid was not available, warriors out, you got to deliver something big. Bret Hart was on the bench. He's on hiatus at this time. Would he have been a backup plan perhaps?
2: Quite possibly, but I don't think that Brett was available due to, yeah, I think, due, due. <laughs> I said, due, due. Uh, due to his his schedule and, and doing the, whatever it was, Sinbad or Lonesome Dove or whatever at the time.
0: It was reported in the Observer that Barry Wyndham had a meeting with Vince, and of course, we know he's eventually going to return as the stalker. Are you reaching out to Barry or is Barry calling you?
2: Barry was calling us and it was also, you know, one of those, I always thought Barry Wyndham was an incredible talent, man. Just another guy that had charisma oozing out the ass and of, in a very, if you ever meet Barry, man, you, you, you walk away feeling like he'll remember you for forever. And, and just Barry has that way with people. Barry is, is one of the most likable humans I've ever had the pleasure to be around. Um, but I think it was a little bit of both. I think it was, Hey, they got anything. It's like, Hey, Barry, you interested? Yeah. Come on in. Let's talk.
0: Are you having, what's the context of those conversations with a guy like Barry Windham? Is it all about? you know, the money and the number of dates, is it more about creative? Do you have a goals type conversation? What's that look like for a guy like Barry?
2: i uh, really, man, you know, in, in these years at this time, th- there never was a, Hey, this is how much money you're going to make that, that didn't take place. That was, you know, I wanted to come to work. Uh, Hey, I'd like to, I'd like to come into the territory if you will, but I'd like to come work for your company and. The guys understood business made money. The talent made money and that's how it worked for a guy like Barry. It was come on in. What do you want to do? How do you see yourself? I think that, uh, both Barry and us, we both thought that, you know, Hey, bring a Barry Windham back. I don't know how, how special that is and how much that's going to mean. So what kind of character, what, how can we put a fresh paint of coat on, on Barry.
0: And you land on the stalker. And I think you've told us before that came from just a meeting where Vince is trying to get to know Barry. What do you like to do type of thing? Right.
2: Barry was living out on this compound with his then wife, I believe, um, may still be married for all I know. I don't know. Um, but this. Just three hundred acres or whatever of Florida, Georgia land. And <laughs> you, you go out there and <clears throat> all Barry did was hunting fish. That's all he was doing. But he would talk about like stalking the animals. And you know, like, oh my god, there I got this boar on my land. And some bitch is is eating my deer. It's eating this. It's doing that. And and he would stalk animals. And he would go out and 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 hunt. He liked you know he liked to hunt it, it, the very basics. You know, bow and arrow and, and knife. And you know he hunted with. It's funny. While he did that, he always had a couple guns on his hip just to make sure for the snakes and everything else that was around. Um. But it was, it was a cool place, and the more we started talking and we, we started thinking about different things and came up with ideas for these vignettes with this camo paint and you put him in situations out in the wild where you can't see him and he appears out of nowhere and you think you're looking at him, but it's really a reflection in the water. Just different concept shit that became the stalker.
0: Let's, uh, let's talk about Sean Waltman. He's also going to have a meeting with Vince and it's written in the uh, newsletters at the time that no decision was made about his future, but not too terribly long after this, he's going to wind up leaving and going to WCW. Why was it time for, uh, Sean to go learn a new hold here?
2: I think he'd run his course. He'd really just run his course at that time. And there was, you know, one, two, three kid was not, not a big draw and he was a great worker, excellent worker, but I think it took him going away and coming back to get that attitude that, and, and get the one, two, three kid off of him.
0: The character had grown stale. Yes. Well, so has Basil DeVito. Let's talk about that. The observer would write Basil DeVito, longtime vice president with Titan sports who left a few years back was hired back as a consultant when it comes to business development, in a sense, he'll be replacing Lisa Wolf, who was another company VP in charge of business development and human resources. Talk to us about Basil DeVito, not a guy we've spent a lot of time talking about.
2: Okay. Well. Basil DeVito replacing Lisa Wolf, trying to think of a good analogy here is like taking one of the greatest business people to replace a McDonald's order taker.
0: Not a big fan of Lisa, huh?
2: No, I'm not. I'm not. I thought she was um, vindictive and, and not a nice person and not very good at her job. And her job was not business development. Her job was human resources.
0: And a lot of people, Kevin Nash and whatnot have, uh, had a little fun talking about Lisa Wolf that she really didn't get professional wrestling.
2: No, you know, uh, see, I don't have fun talking about Lisa. I have PTSD talking about Lisa and it's, uh, yeah, she was, she was out of her. She was, she was out of her bailiwick. You with think- us, definitely a different world and a different, uh, different field than anything she thought she'd ever been in before.
0: You think one day there's enough meat on the bone for us to do at least a wolf episode.
2: I think that so much of the Lisa memory with me personally is suppressed. I don't know that I could get it all out. There are, um, you know, Lisa Wolf was really the only other, really maybe the only person that ever made me quit. Wow. And I just couldn't take it anymore. I I couldn't deal with it.
0: Now, look, I don't I hate to do a timeout here, but I want to make sure I've got the time frame right? JJ Dillon is, is helping run talent relations. Lisa Wolf right. was doing human resources. Right. Did they have to interface a lot yes how how was that relationship
2: um i think jj would tell you it was horrible
0: he hated working with her too
2: oh yeah there wasn't anybody that liked working with
0: her she just had a but way of- her,
2: i challenge you to find a person that enjoyed working with her
0: i've never heard one nice thing spoken of her yeah which makes me wonder why was she here Was she a Vince hire? Was she a Linda hire? Somebody made the decision that even though nobody gets along with her, she has value.
2: Um, she was a necessary hire from the standpoint of restructuring the company and, you know, looking at it from a complete outsider, looking in from a business point of view and a personnel point of view. So, she, as far as putting people in place and the right jobs and all that, she came highly recommended. I just think that she had her Rolodex and that was it. And everybody, yeah, Lisa Wolf was a person that told me that no one should ever stay at a job longer than two years. Mm. You need to move on, build your resume. I said, but isn't a good resume that you've been at a job for a long time? and you've gone up the ranks there? Oh no, 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 no. You got to have multiple jobs. But every time that you leave, you got to go to a better job. That's how you build your resume. That's called success in life. Okay. That's- yeah, and she was from New York and had the the New York accent, and, or no, she's from Boston. Boston and um Allegedly had a boyfriend named Bobby.
0: Okay. And, um, wait, 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 why'd you, flip no,
2: me? no, 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 no.
0: So, uh, why'd you flip me off? I didn't flip you off. Yes, you did. So.
2: <laughs> it was, uh, okay. Yeah. There, there were a lot of imaginary people <laughs> in, that, in that world and, um, her brother, uh, th- th- here's another great <laughs> my bro, My brother and Steven T- Aerosmith, they're best friends and all this shit, right? So Aerosmith was coming to the Meadowlands, and I said, well, shit, they're such good friends, man. Can you get me? I, he can get you any tickets you need anywhere ever. Now, in our business, when someone says that, like, okay, hey, great, man. I, I hate asking for tickets. I hate asking for tickets. I hate being asked for tickets. And, but this offer was made, and I'm a big fan of Aerosmith. So I said, hey, shit, yeah, man. Um, They're coming to the Metal Lands. I'd love to see Aerosmith. And you think you can get me four tickets? She, one of these people that like gets him on the phone right there. And she says, I've got Bruce Pritchard here and blah, blah, blah. He'd like Aerosmith tickets. And he goes, yeah, hey, shit. Yeah, man. What do you need? What do you need, bud? I said, any way you get four done. Said, oh, holy shit. I said, look, man, I, 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 I'm happy to pay for them. Uh, you know, whatever and everything. She's like, oh, my God, thank you. I said, yeah, just give me your credit card. About my credit card, give me a credit card number. I don't know how much those tickets cost. I do. Eighteen hundred dollars. Well, you got the hookup. You know how much people sit next to us paid for their tickets? How much? $21. Afford anything talks about how to avoid common
1: pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can get you whatever you need, man. Sure. I love it. I didn't even ask like an idiot. Yeah. I didn't ask how much. Right. But I, I always offered to, to pay to buy them. I'm, Course. I'm not going to ask you for comps. They just didn't know that the fucking $21 tickets were going to cost me $429 more than everybody else.
0: It's a lot.
2: Uh huh. And he he threw in a fee in there too. Of course. Of course.
0: All right, y'all check this out. It's a fact. Refinancing your credit card balances can lower your interest rate and save you money. And you don't need to be a financial expert to do this. Right now, you can get a credit card consolidation loan from my friends at Lightstream. Well, the rate is low as 5.93% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. That's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. That means you could save thousands of dollars in interest. The rate is fixed, so it will never go up over the life of the loan. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with no fees. Plus, you can even get your money in your bank account as soon as the day you apply. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Just for my listeners, you can apply right now for a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is to go to lightstream.com slash wrestle. That's L I G H T S T R E A M.com slash wrestle subject to credit approval rates range from 5.93% APR to 19.99% APR and includes a half a percent auto pay discount lowest rate requires excellent credit terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice visit lightstream.com slash wrestle for more information that's lightstream.com slash wrestle that's lightstream.com slash wrestle so let's talk about basil devito he's back uh he left a few years prior why did he leave why is he coming back is vince calling him is he calling back what can you tell us about Basil? It's a name we hear occasionally, but most of us don't really know much about him.
2: Basil was head of promotions uh, when I first started there. Um, I think Basil was from Indiana, or hell, he might be from up here. His dad owns a um, an oil delivery service. So, see Conrad up here in the northeast, you got the, these these oil oil things in your in your house for heating. And the oil truck backs up to the old spigot, and they put oil in your your oil thing, and then when it gets cold, the oil heats up your house. So you got oil heat. See, down in, down in, in the Abilama in Texas, we just turn on the goddamn heat in the air conditioner. Yep. Yeah, no, 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 no. You got to have propane. You got to have oil. 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 You don't know, like to put in your car. Got it. Yeah. Penn's old.
0: you going to tell me about Basil. or are we just going to keep doing this a little bit?
2: <laughs> <laughs> So Basil had gone to help his dad with his old business.
0: Okay.
2: And then, uh, he came back. Basil's a smart guy, man. Basil worked with NBA and, uh, loved horse racing. So he was, he was involved with the folks with Kentucky Derby and Preakness and all that. Um, he was an avid fan of that, but also really loved to work with them on the promotion of it. So Basil came from a uh, lot of experience and was one of those people that all, that had a way with Vince that Vince trusted and, and had proven very successful over the years, For many years, Basil and Bob Collins were a tag team.
0: So he reaches out to Vince or are you guys reach out to basil?
2: I don't really remember. Uh, I, I don't remember. It was just like, "Hey, Basil's coming back, but he's he's going to come back and help us with some of our, you know, new business ventures, and we'll take it from there. See what see if he comes on full time. I don't even remember if Basil ever really did ever come back as a full time employee. I know he's been back many times to consult on a lot of different business ventures through the years. But uh,
0: is there something that we fans who are watching at home? Uh, maybe we saw on TV or we heard about or read about that. You could sort of point to and say that was Basil Basil did that, whatever it may be.
2: As far as Basil, I think Basil may have been the one that, uh, brought up the, the three different locations that that may have been Vince, but I know Basil ran Chicago and and things of that nature. If you want to see Basil and Ed Cohen, two people that uh, were very interest instrumental. If you go to the wrestling classic, on Peacock and yep. and check out the wrestling classic Basil and Ed Cohen are the ones that are holding the fishbowl for the guys to draw their names in the wrestling classic tournament. That's cool. Yeah. Basil's big, tall one. Ed Cohen's a short one with the mustache. <clears throat> but, um, you know, Bob, Bob Collins was more of a promoter. Bob Collins was more of wrangling brothers and, and things like that. So, you know, Bob did the, the bus. Bob did the the blimp. Basil um Basil was more along the lines of strategic things, where to run, and let's have this press conference at the Harley Davidson mm. cafe. Let's, you know, the, those kind of uh, Lawrence Taylor workouts, yeah, shit like that. Yeah, that was that was Basil DeBito's thinking and type of promotion.
0: What about Mark Henry? And this is the era where he's going to be sponsored by the WBF and his Olympic run, how does he come on your radar? And, and would that have been a Basil initiative perhaps?
2: No, that was a, that was a, uh, dunking championship initiative, Terry Todd, who was Mark Henry's manager and mentor. Great guy. Uh, Terry was a rider and a power lifter, Austin, Texas, university of Texas, God bless Texas. Um, Terry had done an article for SI about Andre, the giant many years before that and had become friendly with Vince. So from time to time, if Mark Henry, Mark Henry, if uh, Terry Todd would come across talent, he thought would be good for the business. He'd call Vince and get him in touch. And that's what he did with Mark Henry saying, look, this kid's going to the Olympics. He's got a ton of personality. Check him out on this NBA dunk challenge. And there was Mark Henry dunking a basketball. They had a lot of charisma and athleticism.
0: It'd be crazy to think too, that both Mark Henry and Kurt angle are both competing in those 96 Olympics and here they are WWE hall of famers. Yeah. It's reported in the observer quote, McMahon is making an effort to sign a lot of the key guys to five-year deals as he apparently wants to avoid more hall and Nash situations. Do you remember that being a paradigm shift to that regard? Like. Hey, wait a minute. Now we've invested all this time, effort, energy, and cash in building these characters, and then they're taking what we've built and using it against us. We need to lock these guys up.
2: Yeah, it was. And the conundrum there was, how do you guarantee any kind of money beyond the whatever, $25 for TV that we had guaranteed in there and. It, it caused everybody to take a whole brand new look at the business and the way that we've run the business traditionally for so many years that, all right, you, you got to time up for a longer period of time. And in order to do that, you, you need to give them something, you know, more substantial when you're hearing all these rumors about what WCW is doing and allegedly giving to everybody.
0: Uh You mentioned earlier, sometimes travel to Canada could be difficult. Do you remember your travel for this show? Anything stick out?
2: God, I don't know unless it was, yeah, I have no idea. Unless unless this was the blunt brothers cafe. I don't think, I think the blunt brothers cafe came a little bit later.
0: (laughs) All right, Bruce. We're finally here. It's time to get to the pay-per-view general motors place.
2: What's coming my way here shortly.
0: What's coming your way, Bruce.
2: Some some homemade cinnamon
0: things. What is a cinnamon? melt?
2: Uh, McDonald's used to have little like little bites of cinnamon. Uh like they're basically like a little round donut hole type thing of a cinnamon roll. Okay. With gooey, yummy cinnamon sugar and shit and icing on top of it.
0: And you're eating that for breakfast.
2: I will be if they bring it into me.
0: What do you think if Vince were here? And saw you eating cinnamon swirlies for breakfast. What would he say?
2: He'd say, God damn, I'm proud of you, pal. Okay. What are you having for breakfast?
0: Uh, I won't be having breakfast today. I'm I'm recording a podcast with you and then one with Jeff Jarrett.
2: Oh, well you can eat. I'm going to eat during this. I'm going to, I'm going to pretend I'm going to make you (laughs) pretend like you're doing Ric Flair.
0: So I was just going to say, this is the Ric Flair show all of a sudden, (laughs) which maybe is one of the funniest moments in my entire podcast run here where he's talking, we're having a conversation about some sort of uh headlock on hunger type campaign where we're feeding hungry people and he's just eating kimchi into the microphone. It's tremendous.
2: Well, where'd you want him to eat it?
0: I don't know. Downstairs before. We... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Rick, they can hear you. No, they can't. No, the mic's not picking that up. It's fine. Okay.
2: <laughs> well, I'll make sure you hear me.
0: Oh yeah, I'm looking forward I mean, to it. I wish we were recording video of this because we would see a shirtless, cinnamon covered Bruce Pritchard momentarily,
2: drinking his fourth Gatorade of the last two hours.
0: Yeah. Do you want to tell everybody what you got going on? Uh, I got poopies going on. It's yeah. like runny poopies,
2: and it's not very pleasant.
0: And I'm a, a lot this but, uh, morning apparently huh it's a lot this morning apparently yeah yeah you know,
2: was up all night all morning and you're fucking calling me and beeping me and dutifully do 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 hey hey and a I, I can't answer it cuz um i'm indisposed
0: i don't want to hear that you said this past week i can't record on saturday i got out of town guests, but we could do sunday night okay crickets i get a call monday hey let's do tomorrow morning tomorrow morning crickets I got and then you said i'll be done at the end of the day i'll be ready at five six thirty i just say hey this ain't looking so good huh then you say we'll do it tomorrow morning and then yesterday morning <laughs> you just sleep and now this morning, I didn't
2: sleep long.
0: You, you said, listen, I'm sorry. This is my fault. I'll be ready tomorrow morning at seven. I,
2: did. I slept, I slept my ass off. Cause I thought somebody was going to wake me up early and they didn't.
0: Well, I, so I, I, I called 182 things. times. Huh? I, I called 182 times. Cause you won't respond to text messages. You got your ringer off, but the phone will ring and wake your big ass up. And now here you are spiking the ball on me saying, oh yeah, my wife's in there making me, uh, s- sticks. Buns, cinnamon stick roll melts, swirly holes, it's more like a melty thing.
2: It's like the, 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 center of a cinnamon roll in every bite. You're
0: pretty excited about
2: this. Ah, I love cinnamon. Cinnamon is my favorite.
0: All right, guys, by now, you know that Bruce and I absolutely love our dogs. Uh, of course, uh, Stephanie Pritchard has dedicated her life to animals and she has been on board with our sponsor solid gold from day one. Before we have any sort of pet sponsors here on the show, Mrs. Pritchard is going to vet it. She's going to do all kinds of research. And what she come up with, it turns out solid gold's the real deal. Now, you've been hearing us talk about these guys for a long time, specifically Sissy McGill. She was the founder. She's a trailblazer in the space. She created a holistic pet food company here in America back in 74, way before it was cool. And her original recipe, dog flakes, I think that's like a... Hundenflocken flocking german anyway it's now provided an awesome and quality and, and great nutritional health for over 20 generations of dogs and her motivation for that was these european great danes were outliving americans how is that not now no more sissy mcgill drew a line in the sand and said we're going to build a nutritional platform that's inspired by our founding belief that high-quality food is the best way to impact our pets' mind, body, and spirit. It really has been a game-changer. We are big believers in solid gold. We've noticed the difference in our dogs, Ginger and Baby, here at the house. We wouldn't dare feed our dogs anything else. You have to try this. If you really care about your dog and you want to understand how to best serve them, you should start with this. 80% of the immune system is influenced by the gut. So if you're feeding your dogs for the right stuff, it's going to help them better combat environmental allergies. They're going to have a better quality of life. And they're our best friend, right? Don't they deserve the best? Solid Gold is the best and has been for like 45 years. Check this out. They have a recipe for any dog or cat's dietary needs, including healthy whole grain, grain free options, wet food, supplements like sea meal, and of course, everybody's favorite, human-grade bone broth for dogs. Buddy, you put a cap full of that in your food, they're going nuts. They love it. Uh, Bruce's dogs actually know what the sound of the cap sounds like, and they get all fired up. Solid gold foods are just different because they cleanse the digestive system with whole superfoods, they balance with living probiotics, and they fuel with omega-3 and 6 fatty acids, supporting gut health and nourishing your pet both inside and out. And right now, to save 30% on solid gold products, you can go to solidgoldpet.com slash wrestle. That's solidgoldpet.com slash wrestle to save 30% on select solid gold products. Remember, it's solidgoldpet.com slash wrestle. I'm telling you, if you love your dog, you got to get them solid gold. They're going to love it. They're going to have a better quality of life for your best friend. And they deserve the best. They deserve solid gold. Check it out. SolidGoldPet.com forward slash wrestle. Well, let's jump into the show here. Uh, July 21st, 1996. The gate was $214,985 Canadian, which is roughly $87 American. Uh, there's 14,804 fans here. Now there. you're
2: making fun of Canada.
0: You had nearly 12,000 paying fans here, Bruce. 11,955. It feels like business is doing pretty well here.
2: It was, yeah, it was. Uh, And that's, that's what people always, always kind of forget about in the Monday night wars, business was doing well for, for everyone. And, um, you know, in particular WCW, because they had never experienced business like that before. So they heralded that, but business was, was starting to pick up pretty much everywhere
0: on the pre-show Jim Cornette and Jose Lothario are going to get into it and Cornette. Does a money back guarantee where he says, if my team doesn't win the main event, I'll refund every ticket and every pay-per-view. How old school Southern is that dude?
2: God damn, They believe it. Cause look at him. He's got a nice cowboy shirt on. Motherfucker.
0: So our very
2: first. Pers- motherfucker.
0: When was the last time you talked to Jim? It's
2: been a while since he started hating me.
0: Think y'all will ever be friends again?
2: I look, man.
0: I mean, I know you I, consider him a friend.
2: I have absolutely zero animosity towards Jim Cornette for anything in any way, shape or form. Well,
0: good. I'm glad to hear that. No, I've I never have. Well, I didn't say you had, I mean, I know he's upset he's with you. Likely. What's that? You applied it. No. Okay. I asked if y'all could be friends again. I'd like that. Uh I like, yeah. Let's talk about the match. We got body Donna's working with smoking guns. That's a very 1996 matchup. They go 13 minutes and five seconds. And, uh, Meltzer would write this before the match. The body Donna's did an interview clumsily explaining why cloudy wasn't there. They've dumped the character. It appears that WBF has gotten sensitive about the charges of too many transvestite slash lesbian slash perverted type characters. Although the cloudy deal clearly wasn't working at all. We've talked about it before, but catch everybody up on Jimmy shoulders, AKA cloudy and why this was even a thing.
2: Oh God, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. It was a way to get sunny away from the body donnas and kind of out on her own and the I think the idea came from uh, Skip from Chris Candido with the old Jimmy shoulders they have them in in their corner and instead of sunny it's not going to be a sunny day it'll be a cloudy day what's the
0: opposite of sunny cloudy yeah you proud of that no yeah i uh I think maybe That's it. it was good I think my favorite cloudy story a- I've a- ever heard is uh Tracy Smothers. Have you heard Tracy Smothers tell his cloudy story?
2: Oh, I can hardly wait
0: supposedly when Tracy comes Damn. in as Freddie Joe Floyd, this is around the same era, Cloudy's there, and he had been friendly with Mark Calloway back into the w c w days, but now he's working here in the w w f and of course, Mr. Calloway is the undertaker. So he's a top guy. So Tracy's hanging around and Mr. Calloway sees the cloudy persona and makes some sort of comment to his circle of friends at the time in that group, man, some people will do anything for a job around here. Won't they? And supposedly Tracy said, I know, man, you've been dead for six years, right? Which is just a great cloudy line. Uh, the match itself is not that bad. I actually watched it this week and I kind of dug it, but apparently it was not well-received by Mr. Meltzer. He gave it three quarters of a star. He says all four worked hard, but it just didn't click. Fans still aren't into the body. Donna's as baby faces. There was a buns of steel chant, obviously directed at Sonny who comes across as the only star of the tag team division. At one point, Sonny did a fainting spot and skip acted concerned while zip tried to talk him out of being concerned. And then he got by Sonny. She slapped him and the guns jumped him. So Sonny is heavily involved in the match. Do you think that's to the detriment of the tag team division? Like, was there, was there too much of a focus on her? Did she sort of overshadow the in-ring action at times? Or
2: I think that she may have been one of the few reasons that people would have watched those matches. I agree. So I don't think she overshadowed it at all. I Thought she brought attention to it.
0: What was it about Sonny? She just had a presence. I'm um, well, sure
2: she did. Sonny
0: had man, She had charisma
2: and she had personality. Um, oh, no, you met her. No, she had a lot of personality.
0: <sighs> um, what'd you think of the match? The, and, and what'd you think of the body? Donna's as a baby face. I mean, just them as a baby face, as a concept. That didn't really make sense. Right.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like me being a baby face.
0: It's impossible.
2: Right. And, uh, and the guns his heels didn't work.
0: Yeah. People want to like the smoking guns and they want to do the body Donna's, but it feels like we've just got everybody sort of out of, out of sorts.
2: Yeah. It just, to me was, it was a good match. It was a really good match, but it just was not a whole lot of, um, feeling from it.
0: What was your relationship like with Tom in this era? Was he frustrated with, and if he was, was he able to express that to you? Or are y'all, uh, is it sort of boys in office at that point?
2: No, I think Tom was, I think they, everybody on that side was pretty frustrated. I think Tom was frustrated with the whole Body Donna gimmick and with the the whole drama of Sonny and Skip and everybody involved. I think, it, you know, it was a lot. I think he would have been happier just, you know, wrestling somewhere, anywhere, and not have to deal with the drama and the gaga. The gaga at a base.
0: Did you think when you look at these four guys, did, well, maybe not you, did Vince think there was a breakout star here? I mean, once upon a time he plucked Bret Hart out of a tag team and Shawn Michaels out of a tag team. With the Body Donna's and the smoking guns, if Vince had to bet, would he have put his money on Billy Gunn as being the breakout star?
2: Absolutely. Billy and Bart both. It just, they had the, they had the size, they had the looks, uh, were good workers. I just think for whatever reason, sometimes that personality getting it out of them, which he, which you got backstage. Um, and then what you got on camera were two different things.
0: Was Candido just a little undersized for Vince's taste? Would that keep him from being uh, viewed in that way? Because personality wise, he had it. Everybody loves talking about, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of people who had a bad thing to say about him and his matches were great. So what was it that kept Candido from moving up in Vince's mind?
2: Maybe I think part of it was his attitude. Chris always had a chip on his shoulder and, um, you know, he wasn't the biggest guy in the world, Uh but he, it was, had, had to, um, I don't want to say you argued about everything, but kind of always had a comment and a, a better way to do it. Um, I got in you. his mind that was very, I think Chris would have been great in the sixties, Chris would have been a top guy in the sixties. How so that was the era that he loved. That was the era in the style that, that he truly loved. And he could have, he could have fit in that era being that wrestling heel. Would, he would have been great in the sixties and seventies
0: next up is supposed to be mankind versus Jake Roberts, but supposedly Roberts goes a wall and no shows. Uh, what do you remember about what's going on here? Because Jake eventually does return, but he's just not here for this show. Did he have trouble getting across?
2: I believe that Jake was, uh, not in Canada
0: at the time. Got it. Did you not know that? When you booked it and you found out after the fact?
2: No, it was, there. Were, you work on paperwork, uh, what the fuck's it called? A minister's permit. And for people to get in that sometimes may have trouble getting in. And I just don't think that everything got done in time. Got it. It was supposed to be done
0: on time, but.
2: MLS number 65084,
0: Equal Housing Lender, woo! With the real estate market being so hot, you have more equity than ever before. Use that equity to consolidate all of your credit card debt and get the cash you need to turn your house into your dream home at savewithconrad.com. Who's, uh, whose lap would that fall on? Is that a JJ Dillon thing?
2: Yeah, that's a combination of a few different. You've got, you've got the folks in Stanford, then you've got the folks in Canada, and then you were at the mercy of the government of the government of Canada.
0: So next up, instead of getting, uh, and man, that could have been fun. When you think about it, mankind versus Jake Roberts, we get mankind versus Henry Godwin, like you just Same. Un- pretty close, like it was just under seven minutes, uh, mankind at one point took the mats from the floor and gave Godwin a, a neck breaker. And later he took a slam off the apron and splats on the concrete floor. The finish would see Godwin try the slop drop, but mankind's going to hold onto the ropes and then quickly use the mandible claw. And that's all she wrote star in a quarter, obviously not the level of matches Foley is going to go on to have in his, uh, pay-per-view career, but this is a a last minute sort of thrown together match, but it still showcases what Foley can do. Right.
2: Yeah. I think that at this time in, in his career, I think mankind was showing everybody that he was a player, you know, he wasn't cactus Jack Foley and he wasn't, you know, just doing crazy shit. It was man there was some psychology there and some nice perverted twistedness to the mankind character that people could identify with. And he was coming into his own. I think you could put Mick up against anybody at this time. And Mick would have shined and made his opponent. Look a thousand times better as well.
0: Let's uh, talk about the next match. It's Steve Austin and Mark Mero. This is a rematch from King of Marco, the
2: Rings. Mero.
0: I got to go 10 minutes. And I
2: always f- think when you say Marco to me, you want me to answer back. I do. You just want me to answer in general.
0: Uh, yeah. Just any response. I might any? actually post a screen grab of mine in your text conversation, because it's just me texting you over and over and over with no reply.
2: That's not, yeah, but okay. That's not fair. Cause like today it's, it's, uh, okay. It is a whole page, <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's they're all in a row that's not fair i mean i could give you a i could text you a bunch of uh uh i'm up called no answer tried skype and phone come on baby wakey wakey eggs and bakey
0: well jesus christ man you set the time you set the day and then you no show over I? and over and over i got shit to do man I'm sorry, but I mean, you're excited about your goddamn cinnamon melts and your little poo-poos and your Gatorades. Yeah. Can we talk about Mark Marrow?
2: I thought I was,
0: they're really pushing the uh, accident from King of the ring where Marrow kicked Austin in the mouth. That's where, of course, where he had those uh, stitches. Oh, Bruce is getting his delivery.
2: What? Ooh, look at that, Amber. I'm on, I'm on TV on, on radio. They can't see you. He can see you, but they can't hear you. So if you want to say hi, I could only be the only one to hear you.
1: That's not true. Conrad can hear me.
0: I can hear you okay. just fine.
1: Yeah. Hi, Conrad.
0: Hey, Amber. Okay, baby, go. Okay, have fun. Um, you're really eating on the show now. This is where we are. We're eating on the show. Oh, fuck.
2: Well, can't tell? What was that? You can't tell.
0: Oh, right. That's right. Mr. Flair. <laughs> You're exactly right.
2: They can't hear this.
0: No, mm. <laughs> this is fucking gross.
2: <laughs>
0: Ladies and gentlemen, I'm looking at a shirtless Bruce Pritchard with bedhead and a, and a gallon Gatorade. And his lights are off in his office. And it's just a monitor glow. As he tries to see how big a piece of cinnamon bread he can fit in his mouth. <laughs> You had to really stretch on that one. <laughs> went in at an angle to get it in. But you couldn't hear it. No, you couldn't hear it. I'm giving play by play, though, so they can have the same Bruce Bridget experience that I am right now.
2: God damn, that's heaven.
0: So, this is a good match. Uh, Meltzer would say nowhere close to as good as their king of the ring match, though. Three stars. Did Austin and Merrill have chemistry or not so much?
2: No. We didn't. Steve didn't like working with Mark. Uh, Mark wasn't really good. And, um, you know, Mark gets a bad rap. And I think that Mark mistakes sometimes his talent in the ring, which Johnny B. Bad character was over and he played very well. Mark wasn't a great worker. And Mark didn't have a lot of charisma on his own. Mark Merrill, the human being, I think is a really nice guy. And a good person, but I think that he just, you know, was fucked up in the head a little bit from this point going forward.
0: The, uh, the momentum is really starting to turn on Austin. I mean, the crowds really behind him as a baby face in this match, you guys are taking notice that even though he's booked as a heel fans don't want it. They want to cheer this guy
2: in Canada. Yeah. They're loving him. So it's, it's funny when you look at this and then you think through well, a year or two and Steve's coming out and, and it's, it's all anti-American anti Steve Austin. Cause he's working with Brett.
0: Let's jump into, um, the little story that's happening here in the match Marlena and the usher, of course, this is part of the gold dust presentation come out apparently to give a gift to Sable, but instead they give an envelope to Lawler who hands it to McMahon and it's never referred to again. Meltzer would say the timing of this was bad as she distracted the crowd with her entrance. As the guys were building up a string of hot moves. What was this supposed to be? What's the thinking here? Do you recall?
2: I don't, I don't fucking remember at all, but I will say this. You ever seen the, uh, the wizard of Oz. Yeah. You remember when the flying monkeys were flying and looked like they were all in, um, uh old school yeah movie theater outfits. Yep. That's what Richie Posner looked like here. I agree. Yeah he looked like the old school monkey from The Wizard of Oz. I don't remember what the fuck the letter was. Huh getting old.
0: You are. Uh next up we got Undertaker working with Gold Dust. They go 12 minutes and seven seconds. Uh Meltzer would say the first three minutes and fifteen seconds was all stalling. Uh, of course eventually they get going and wouldn't you know it mankind's here he's going to come out from under the ring and put the claw on the undertaker for the dq and then he drags him under the ring and a bunch of smoke comes from under the ring and fans are chanting rest in peace finally undertaker pops up from under the ring and chases mankind to the back the two theoretically continue to brawl backstage and they are shown a uh, poorly lit clip of the two apparently fighting in a boiler room. Of course, we know this is going to be used to set up the boiler room match at SummerSlam. Man, Undertaker and Foley had great chemistry. What do you think about Undertaker and Goldust, though? How did they click?
2: I think they missed. For whatever reason, uh, two great workers, they missed. I don't think they really had good chemistry. And it was, it was oftentimes a chore to, to to pull that out of them. The Undertaker, you know, the contrary, Undertaker and Mankind just without even talking had great chemistry and, and were able to pull out everything under the sun. And this was during time, you know, <laughs> we're getting to the boiler room brawl in Cleveland, which, um, damn near killed the Undertaker um, with staff infection, but it was, it was an interesting time and a lot of interesting, you're, you telling multiple stories and in, in every damn match and in, in every show with multiple characters involved with not just one foe, a lot of different things.
0: Let's talk about, um, the, the, the gold dust push, if you will, the almighty push as JR talks about. Does it feel like from this point on, the character is maybe losing a little steam? I mean, I think you could even say when he dropped the belt to Ahmed, he never really got that momentum back.
2: I think the character had a limited shelf life. And what I mean by that is that you could use the character in spurts. Over the long haul, it was he needed rest. He needed rest periods. You know what I mean? Yeah. To continue that controversial type of character for too long, you, you have to have built in breaks and he had been on his gold dust, the androgynous and very controversial. I think that there was such a, a yearning, especially on Dustin's part. What's next? What do we do next? You know, and I think the answer should have been, this is hindsight, uh, the answer should have been, go away, learn a new hold, and come back. Whether, you know, it was for us or somebody, but give that character a rest. I think that that really would have helped the longevity of the Goldust character as it was.
0: You know, growing up cereal was one of the best parts of being a kid, but eventually, man, we all grow out of it. We realize it's full of sugar and junk. We shouldn't be eating. And now, well, breakfast just isn't fun anymore until magic spoon, man. I got to tell you, this has been a game changer in my household Uh, for a long time. It felt like the girls just didn't want to eat breakfast at all, man. They're racing to have magic spoon every morning and dad's pouring a bowl with them and if you've been trying to cut down on carbs or sugar or unhealthy foods, you're thinking, well, this ain't going to work for me. Listen to this. Zero grams of sugar. That's right. Magic Spoon has zero grams of sugar. Magic Spoon also has 13 to 14 grams of protein. Magic Spoon also only has four net grams of carbs in each serving. It sounds too good to be true, but Magic Spoon is only 140 calories a serving. It's keto-friendly. It's gluten-free. It's grain-free. It's soy-free. It's low-carb. It's GMO-free. But, buddy, it is full of flavor. Check this out. You can even build your own box. They've got these available flavors where you can build your own custom bundle. You got cocoa, you got fruity, you got frosted, you got peanut butter, you got blueberry, you got cinnamon. Man, this is like a game changer at my house. We've tried them all. I think the kids now are on board with Dad. They're starting to mix the peanut butter and the cocoa. It tastes like a peanut butter cup. It's tremendous, and it's not bad for you. It tastes great, and it's good for Magic Spoon really is magic. I don't know how they're doing it, but you got to try it for yourself. Go to magicspoon.com forward slash wrestle and grab a custom bundle of cereal and try it today. And be sure to use our promo code wrestle at checkout and save yourself $5 off your order. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed by a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. Remember, get your next delicious bowl of guilt free cereal at magicspoon.com slash wrestle and use the code Wrestle to save five dollars off. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring this episode and a badass breakfast. It's MagicSpoon.com forward slash wrestle. Now it's time for a main event. We got Vader, Davy Boy, and Owen Hart on one side. Of course, Jim Cornette is their manager. Uh how did uh, Owen and Davey like working with Vader?
2: Owen drove Vader nuts. How so ribbing him?
0: Oh, I love that. You got, do you remember the
2: slammies where Owen accidentally, uh, dumped the whole tray of food on Vader? Yes. Yeah. And Vader just held that against Owen forever and Owen loved it. But Owen loved to fuck with Leon. He loved to, to rib him and, and just, you know, God, was it Owen? Did the, might have been. I don't even know who did it. Whether it was Owen or Davy Boy, somebody cut Vader's uh, laces on his boots. <laughs> so Leon was lacing up his boots, and he just thought, well, they're unlaced." And He gets up and he gets them <laughs> to the top, and they're just yeah, maybe a half inch short on each side. So there's no way he could tie tie his boots up, and everything he would have to unlace. You shit like that. I don't think Leon was ever used to, you know, Leon was always the big dog in the dressing room and, oh, I'm big Van Vader and, roar, and all this bullshit that Leon had that intimidation factor. And there was no intimidation factor right. when Leon came here. So, and Leon would sell. So Owen loved when people sold. But overall, I think they got along pretty good I don't know, they go and think going and Davey were crazy about working with, with Leon, because sometimes you would touch him and then you'd get Vader
0: on the other side. It's Shawn Michaels, Ahmed Johnson and psycho Sid boy. I'm curious to hear what Shawn thought of, uh, his tag team partners here. Ahmed Johnson and psycho Sid. how did they get along?
2: They got along fine. You know, Sean and Sid got along real well. And Sean, you know, had had used Sid as his bodyguard. And um, one of the just, I don't want to say funny, cute, different things was before the WrestleMania 11 press conference. There we were in the back and there was Sid basically dressing Sean and tying Sean's tie for him and getting him you know getting his hair put everywhere just right and it was just here's this giant monster of a man and he's tying Sean's tie and getting everything just right it was kind of funny but but they got they got along good they had they had a good relationship
0: what about Ahmed
2: Ahmed um I think everyone saw the potential in Ahmed and I think that Sean saw the potential in Ahmed definitely but it was, you know, Ahmed was his own man and, and pretty much as hard as he would try, it still didn't necessarily click with, with anybody really.
0: What'd you think of the match? You know, this feels like a, a rather thrown together main event. Just here's our top baby faces. And here's three of our top heels. What'd you think of the chemistry and the way they pulled it off?
2: Actually, I thought they pulled it off. Well, I oh, was a damn good match. Um, you you look at the guys involved and you better have a damn good match out of it. I'm going to leave Ahmed out of that equation, but I probably better than it deserved to be based, based on who was in it and kind of the hodgepodge of, of putting it all together.
0: What do you remember about the, uh, the fan who tried to hop the rail and he even makes it all the way to the ring apron before security gets him in these situations, it's live TV. Stupid, yeah. stupid,
2: stupid, stupid. It's, you know, people forget, first of all, it's a show. Yeah. Um, would you go, you know, run up in the middle of Garth Brooks concert
0: or a show on Broadway or something like that or a show on
2: Broadway or, yeah. or whatever. The other thing about it is they also forget that they're jumping in on highly trained and skilled athletes that train to a lot of them, you know, trained to hurt people <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, so I, I just, I've never understood that. Uh, I think it's just really, really bad. I've never seen one that, uh, has, has been good for the person doing the jumping.
0: This is a great moment though, of all the fan jumping the rail situations. Go watch this one. Because when Ahmed Johnson realizes a fan is trying to jump in the ring, all it takes is the fan to get one good look at Ahmed looking at him and he just voluntarily jumps back.
2: <laughs> so would I. Yeah. Yeah. So would I. It's all of a sudden reality
0: hits, oh, man. I didn't think this through. I'm going to go ahead and get back.
2: They don't look as big on TV.
0: So either way, Sean's going to set up the super kick. Jim Cornette's going to grab his ankle. Vader's going to charge the corner and give Michaels a big body block. Hits him with a Vader bomb, and that's the pin. After the match, Sid is going to power bomb Owen Hart and Davy Boy Smith, and then uh, he goes to power bomb Vader. But of course, Smith and Hart pull Vader out of the ring. Michaels then does the uh, running tope over the top on Vader. He gets three and three quarter stars in the Observer, and now we're all set. We're going to have Vader challenging for the world title at SummerSlam. What well, could have been man could have been a hell of a finish to the year for Vader, huh? Okay. You don't think so? If the original plan had happened and it's SummerSlam and then it's survivor series, and then it's Royal rumble. Vader is WWF champ. That would have been cool, man.
2: Yeah. I just don't think that the WWE audience bought Vader really don't think they bought him.
0: Why? Why did y'all drop the ball with, why did you uh, drop, we did the ball? drop the ball? What does that mean? He was a monster in WCW. How could they do it? And you couldn't.
2: Because we didn't have the same
0: guy that was in
2: WCW. We had a guy that had got beaten up by flip flop. We got a guy that had come in and had lost all of his self-confidence. We had a guy that came in grossly overweight. We didn't have the same guy. You got to get hot about attitude it. wise, look wise, weight wise, ability wise. We didn't drop the ball for shit. We're not the ones that kept, you know, saying, Hey, gosh, man, you here, eat some more.
0: Did you, um, did you know of any issues that Sean and Vader had at this point or do they not really come out until Summerslam?
2: No, not really. At this point, at this point, I think everybody was still pretty high on, on Leon and hoping to get, you know, to get that out of him and put him in a position to do it. But once he was put in that position and wasn't able to keep up, well, that's when you realize, uh Oh, I got something other than what I thought I had.
0: In hindsight, how much better was this match? Because the ultimate warrior wasn't in it. And Sid was, I mean. A six man tag, definitely longer (laughs) Yeah, 24 minutes. My goodness. No way you could do a warrior match in 24 minutes.
2: Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely, definitely longer. And I just think every participant in that match probably felt better having sit in there.
0: Um, there's a couple of ugly looking suplexes here that Ahmed's going to throw on Owen. Was there any heat or concern about Ahmed, as far as him being quote unquote, dangerous in the ring, him and Owen really traded some unpleasant moments together.
2: You know, I think that with Owen, I wouldn't be surprised at all. If Owen called it to look that way. Okay. You know what I mean? I think that Owen was the kind of guy. Owen always loved to paint his own pictures and Owen always loved to be different and do these unique things that other people didn't do where you would look like, oh, it made him stand out. That was one of the things that was so special about Owen, and how he worked.
0: How about some good news? If dreams of vacations and enjoying the fun of life are turning back into reality for you, don't let concerns over financial setbacks keep you from saying yes. Credit Karma is going to help you keep your financial goals in check so you won't have to sit on pause on a good time ahead. Credit Karma's game-changing technology shows you tailored offers for credit cards and personal loans that you're more likely to be approved for so you can apply with more confidence. Who wants more confidence? They use your credit and other financial information to show you custom recommendations. Whether you're looking for cash back, travel rewards, or to consolidate debt, Credit Karma can help you find the offers that fit your goals. With a selection of options and approval odds, you have the power to make informed decisions. Credit Karma, apply with confidence. Go to creditkarma.com slash podcast to learn more and find offers tailored just for you. That's creditkarma.com slash podcast, or you can see your offers on the Credit Karma app. Apply with confidence today. Go to creditkarma.com slash podcast or use the Credit Karma app. That's creditkarma.com slash podcast. So the show overall gets a mixed bag. According to the uh, readers of the wrestling observer, it got 38.7% thumbs up 31.9% thumbs in the middle and 29.4% thumbs down. You watched it for the first time in 25 years this week, Bruce. What'd you think? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. I thought
2: thumbs up. It was a good show. Was it a great show? No, wasn't a great show, but it was a good show. And I think that overall, you know, told the stories and, and took some unfortunate situations and made the best out of them. But at the end of it, you you felt good and you had a good two hour show.
0: This to me felt like no way out Would a few years later, it's sort of the lame duck show to bridge the gap between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania, because it feels like so much of this show was really designed just to set up SummerSlam, right?
2: that was the whole reason for the show, you know, you, you, got committed into these monthly pay-per-views and so, yeah, it was one set up the next one.
0: The, uh, show is down in buy rate compared to beware of dog. You went from a 0. 0.45 to a 0. 0.37. Do you think the warrior coming off the card hurt the buy rate? Is it more uh, of an indicator that WCW is just a hotter product? Or are fans not really going to buy a six man main event as a heated issue?
2: Well, you know, and again, not having the official uh, numbers in front of me and going back and looking at official, like real numbers and what business actually was. And listening to what, uh, a dirt sheet writer in California writes down as numbers, <sighs> I can't take a lot of credits at cred- credence in that. Um, uh, because I don't think that he knew the numbers at all either. I think that he was getting his calling few people, the pay-per-view companies and, uh, things of that nature. And Hey, how'd this do? That's how he got his information. Make no mistake about it. He didn't have real numbers. He doesn't have our access to our real business numbers. So I, I really don't even know how to even respond to that because I, when I know that 99% of his stuff is false, um, it's, it's hard to, hard to react to that.
0: Okay. Well, um, as a point of reference, King of the ring, got a point six zero by rate summer are you reading
2: Meltzer stuff.
0: Nope. I'm not
2: you're reading our financials. Yes. Okay. If you are reading our financials, I don't have them in front of me.
0: Let's jump to some questions. Now that I know you're cantankerous, I can tell that. Now you need a nap after your cinnamons your cinnamon slams. Your cinnamon they're, slams. Melts.
2: they're like the people that ever went to McDonald's got cinnamelts. That's what these are.
0: But ne- they're homemade. Neil uh Neil Wagner writes, With the loss of the Ultimate Warrior before the show and the addition of Sid, does Bruce remember any potential SummerSlam storylines lost from Warrior or gained by Sid? He did face Bulldog at SummerSlam. But was that a plan made by this show? So let's break that down piece by piece. What would the warrior have done at SummerSlam?
2: God, I don't even remember. I want to say, well, I want to, I want to, I want to say warrior, uh, I want to say Vader,
0: but we were going with, with, uh, Sean and Vader, Vader and Sean. So what would that have been? Well, bulldog,
2: God, I don't even remember. Owen? It would probably would have
0: had to be bulldog, right?
2: Yeah, it, w- it would have either been bulldog or Owen.
0: Well, it it feels like the Owen and Ahmed thing was a, was a thing. And and Bulldog did wind up wrestling Sid at SummerSlam. So perhaps that was it, but Yeah,
2: that that may have been it. You know, one of the things with Owen though and Warrior was that we did talk about and did want to do was to get Warrior to have a match.
0: A regular match. Yes. Yeah. Um what about Sid? When Sid comes back on the scene, Obviously he's viewed as an upgrade, uh, w- within the office, uh, but fan wise opponent wise matchup wise, what matches are you excited about for Sid? of course, we know he's going to wind up working with Sean towards the end of the year and become world champ, but that wasn't the original spot that was supposed to be Vader's spot. Sid's rise here is just right place, right time, right? It really and
2: truly is. It was Filling a void, and Sid coming in, and I think doing what Sid does. You know, Sid comes in, and Sid will get over. Man, people believe in this crazy bastard. Great look, great intensity, and they believed.
0: Instagram, a wrestling historian, wants to know: Would the main event have played out the same way if Ultimate Warrior had stayed? Meaning, would the heels have gone over? Would Vader have still pinned Shawn?
2: Probably. Cause that was a story. That was where we were going. That was the big story to come out of everything.
0: Sengar says, I would like to know, did Vince promise sit a title run to fill in for warrior? We know four months later, he's the champ at survivor series.
2: Absolutely not.
0: Uh, Colby wants to know what was the process for naming each in your house show? Did you have a single meeting to plan out several themes in a row or do you plan each show individually? What's that look like?
2: No, they're individually. Usually at this time they were based on location story and whatever we were
0: doing at the time. Uh, GJ refill says previously, you said there was a point where Austin and Sable looked at each other and there seemed to be chemistry professionally, not romantically just in that brief look, is this the event where it happened? I I think there's a couple of times where you've remarked, but why don't you think that ever became a thing on camera? Not saying uh, real life,
2: Steve, Steve didn't feel it, man. Steve did not feel, um, working with Sable at that time. He thinks would have brought him down. You're splitting the spotlight there because Sable was over. Oh yeah. And Steve was over like Rover. So you, you split that spotlight and now it's less of a focus on Steve.
0: Well, we're going to be focused on Trish Stratus next week. That's going to bring this week's episode to a close in your house. Nine international incident. We'll be back next week to talk all things Trish. And then we'll wrap up the month of July with, are you ready for this? Bruce ask Bruce anything. What? I, I love those. Don't
2: ask me shit. Okay. Sick of your questions.
0: In August, we're going to cover some interesting stuff. Uh, we're going to cover SummerSlam 6 Oh six. We're also going to cover, uh, Farouk, uh, and his run through the company. Uh, we're even going to take a look at an old Monday Night Raw, which will be a lot of fun, and I'm going to make you sit through Hog Wild 1996. I know you're excited. The hell is that? It. Exactly, it's the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally with wrestling. Why? Because I want to punish you. That's mean. But you made me watch. I'm 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 a fat guy, right? And you just ate cinnamon melty swirly Dunkaroos in front of me. You awesome. I mean, how are you going to get it here from Connecticut? I'm in Alabama, as you call it. Abilama. Yeah.
2: Sweet home.
0: Well, yeah. How, uh, how excited are you? that fans are going to be back tonight on SmackDown?
2: you have no idea.
0: And how about this? They're coming back in Houston. What about that?
2: They are the first, that's pretty damn cool. You know Houston was really the last huge um live event we had with Royal Rumble. so yeah, it's a uh, pretty pretty big, pretty big. I'm excited. I think that there's nothing like a live audience.
0: how How fun is it, too, that the first uh, SmackDown after 9/ 11 was in Houston, and now the first SmackDown with fans after the pandemic, Houston,
2: Houston's the spot.
0: It's going to be fun, man. I'm excited. I haven't seen SmackDown yeah, with, with it's going to be fun with fans in a while. So stay tuned tonight on Fox fans are back. Then you got the big pay-per-view this weekend, money in the bank. And then Monday you guys are in Dallas, right?
2: Absolutely. It's a Texas run by God. It, it'll, it'll be like my old weekends back in the day with mid South. The well, only thing replacing it would, it would be, uh, Fort worth on Friday night, at Billy Bob's and then Sunday in Tulsa and Oak city.
0: What about, uh, the fam? Are they going with you to this room? No. Oh, okay. Work. Well, I thought they might want to hang out with friends and family while no. you're there. No, I have no friends. I have no family. Not you. I know you don't. Oh, okay. Them. Oh, your family has friends and family. You don't. Okay you got bill gray and me and uh jp Shelnut. <laughs> you got some weird friends now that i think about it
2: yeah i do god especially when you say it out loud that's kind of weird it is weird
0: but it's weird yeah. that we're on time this week it only took four tries but i appreciate you uh blocking off some time for me this morning in between bites
2: can i turn my phone back on now
0: you can turn your phone back on and be sure to hit the subscribe button tell everybody about something to wrestle uh, if you haven't already, go uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're hitting a milestone, or so they tell me. Uh, Steve Kaufman's doing a great job over there. So if you're trying to introduce the show to a friend of yours, maybe the best way to do it is through YouTube. You can see clips there. And of course, you get all of our shows early and ad free over at adfreeshows.com. And we'll be back next week to talk about Trish Stratus. Easy for me to say. Uh, until next week, he is at Bruce Richard. I am at Hey Hey, it's Conrad. And we hope you watch SmackDown tonight with fans. Come on. Get you some of that. We'll see you next week, right here on something to wrestle with. Bruce Pritchard.
1: Love you all
2: rock on.
0: Is that your new thing? You're going to say, love you all. No. Okay.
2: I just felt like it today.
0: All right. You got to get hot about it. I do love them. Are you going to poop again? They listen to
2: our stuff. I love them.
0: You don't love them. Oh, of course I do. Are you going to go poop again? Nope. I'm all pooped out.
2: It's gurgling, dude. At one point, you could hear it over the microphone. I just didn't bring attention
0: to it. You could hear your stomach rumble. Yeah. What do you, What do you think it is? You think it's your diet?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. See you next week, guys.
1: Oh, bye. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together.